temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hello, I am Dan Dane. It's been one of those days where I've just been going, 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 don't seem to really be getting anywhere. And I'm not done yet. As in every single Thursday night at 7.30, I get off work here and race on over to historic Dockers in Dania Beach where I host a trivia night. So you're more than welcome to come tonight at 7.30 or any Thursday night at 7.30 and have some fun. In the meantime, I'm going to be having fun with the Joe Rose Show. They are talking basketball with Brian Scalabrini. The Dan Levitard Show going to be hooking up with Hialeah's own George Sedano. They try to box him in a little bit. Then Hawk and Dono. Going to touch on the Dwayne Wade tweet. Right now, let's touch all over these headlines. The Dolphins announced there will be no fans at training camp and preseason games. Also, tailgating will not be allowed during the 2020 season. Reports are that security was sent to Jimmy Butler's room in the NBA bubble because he was dribbling too loud. He'd open August 1st against Denver. Dwayne Wade has apologized after supporting Nick Cannon, who recently lost his job for making anti-Semitic comments. Wade says he was misinformed. The Titans and Derrick Henry have agreed to a four-year, $50 million deal. 25 and a half is guaranteed. Sources say Miles Garrett and the Browns have agreed to a $125 million extension that would make him the highest-paid defensive player of all time. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is calling for the elimination of the SAT and ACT requirements for NCAA eligibility. They say the tests are examples of systemic racism and are outdated. Zion Williamson has left the NBA bubble in Orlando in order to take care of an emergency family medical issue. And now, if your day's been anything like mine, you need this. You need to step into the day spa. Ah. <sighs> A North Carolina firefighter recently broke a world record by completing 5,297 burpees in 12 hours. Man, that dude is not going to be able to move for a week. A loose kangaroo was recently captured in the streets of Fort Lauderdale. Come on, kid was just looking for a good time at Las Olas. There's a new trend of teens dressing up like old people and using face masks to hide their age in order to buy booze. Brilliant! A bride-to-be claims that her fiancé has spent all of their $5,000 in savings that was going to go towards their wedding and honeymoon on online gaming. Ooh, sounds like she has a real winner there. A lake featured in the movie Dirty Dancing, after 12 years of being dry, is now full of water thanks to the natural water rising in the area. See, 
Nobody puts Baby Lake into a corner. Now on the weather. Tonight's forecast has a chance of rain with temperatures in the low 80s. Waking up early in the mornings? I've been doing that more and more lately. Why? Well, people have been taking off here at work and have to come in early and do things. So I've been catching my Joe Rose. If you didn't catch Joe Rose this morning, you missed out. Always fun when they talk NBA with Brian Scalabrini. What exactly did they touch on? Whew, that NBA bubble. It's no joke. Also, the snitch line. What's Oladipo's deal? And Kimba's chemistry. Brian, thanks as always for joining us for a couple minutes. Hope you're doing well. Hope the family's staying safe. Gearing up for this NBA, man. It looks like the, the bubble is no joke, man. They're not playing around. They even got the rat line out there just in case somebody wants to. This guy ain't following the rules, man. I don't think anybody's hey, using that, by the way. Do you, Brian? I, I do. Just think about it. Like, are, it's, it, you're you're probably, how old are you? Are you I'm 40 plus, 50? Yeah, yeah, yeah so I'm you're old school, older, man. man. Like, we would never use the snitch line. That's like, like <laughs> first of all, we got too many things going on in our life to work about what other people are doing. I'm just trying Correct. to do my thing, and I'm trying to be the best basketball player I could be, or I'm trying to launch the scallon pals, or whatever it is, right? I'm the people that, that right. have time right. to snitch, man, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. So I don't think, I think there are some people that are snitching, but in general, I would say 75-80% are just like, guys are just doing their thing. Don't you like think, the, guys, this, <laughs> most guys just go up and like, hey, man, right. dude, just put the mask on. Come on, man. You know, and you can even spin it like, like, hey, Dwight, put the mask, Dwight Howard, put Put the mask on, man, please. Like, why do you need this right now, man? Just spread out. Somebody's going to get it out. You're going to be pissed, right? Or I get that. There, like, our country right now is kind of polarizing with that. We got oh, half right. people that don't that's want the mask, point. half yeah, that right. do want the mask. So I always say this. Now, the NBA is just a reflection of what society is doing. There's a lot of people that don't believe in this. There's a lot of people that really believe that the mask is going to make a difference. Some people, and I'm sure you guys like have get callers, and we all kind of assume some people are all gonna we're all gonna get the coronavirus some way or another. It's just a matter of a matter of time before everyone comes across it, and some people beat it. Some people are asymptomatic. Some people are you know, have to go to the hospital. So I think that's kind of uh, the NBA in the bubble is kind of a reflection of what our society is, including the snitch line and other people telling on other people. I like Doc Rivers' comments on the snitch line, saying he turned in LeBron James yesterday. He's gonna turn in Popovich. He's gonna turn in all these guys because. He's is going to be the only team left at the end of the bubble. I think it's a good way to win this tournament, huh? Just, just yeah. snitch on everybody, right? That's it. I, I heard that uh, there's a lot of teams that are taking this really seriously, and the Lakers are one of them. The Clippers are another one. I heard the Milwaukee Bucks. They're not playing around with this. You got guys that are like super focused, and everyone is is following to a T. And there are a lot, of, a lot of other teams that you know they're just kind of biding their time. They know that the NBA had to do something like this, and they know they have no chance of winning at all. So I think they're just. There to participate. Brian, those are the ones that scare me right there, man. I said from the start of this thing, the teams that are like, all right, just hurry, hurry and get us out of this thing. Let me just pick up some, some money here get our ass kicked, and I and start my off season. They're the ones that scare me, man, that, like, might break a rule, get a little something, a bite to eat, or bring a, a bring a little sweetie in or something, you know, like that. Those are the ones that scare me a little bit for breaking the rule. problem with that thought is I think the NBA is all kinds of people around. They have tracking devices if people leave the, in a certain area. Yeah. So I just I think the NBA thought of every possible scenario on what could happen, which think about it. Like, from the time the coronavirus sort of, 
entered into our life in February, there's been so many people that have gotten it wrong. The NBA, and I'm going to give them a ton of credit, the NBA got it right early. They said as soon as one guy got it, they suspended the season. And I, and I think they did the right thing. And you know, 20,000 people being in that building and, 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 you know, like, obviously, that's probably not the smartest thing to do. And everyone sort of followed. Now, the NBA is coming back. And to figure this thing out of all the different ways it can be transmitted and to have, like, the two-day quarantine and the seven-day quarantine, even the media people having people come by and get tested and everything like that, that also comes into play. So I, at first I was like, hey, there's no way they're going to be able to, to, to stop this thing. And when we were talking about Florida, especially Central Florida, where the numbers are going really out of control as far as the amount of tests and the amount of people getting the coronavirus. But somehow the NBA really believed that they got this thing figured out. And now yeah. when you talk to people, media down there, everyone says it's one of the safest places they ever have ever been. And they, they feel like they can walk around. It's like the coronavirus is not in this sort of bubble. I think Adam Silver's done a, a great job, and he seems to always be ahead of everybody else. Hey, we want to ask you about this one. We got some some players to talk about. This Oladipo deal is kind of weird. Like, he's with the team, but he wasn't sure. Now, all of a sudden, he's apparently having some pretty good practices. He goes, well, you know what? What the hell, man? I might play. Yeah. That's kind of a weird one. It, it is, but it's not. I'll explain it to you, right? All so, right. Oladipo's coming off of an injury. He gets back, yeah. and he's feeling his way back into, the, into playing at, you know, the level that he was playing at. Oladipo was an all-star two seasons ago. So right. he comes back. Now, he just I was actually at his last game. I was uh, The Celtics were playing the Indiana Pacers. I do the analyst work for the Celtics, so I was there. And he had a great fourth quarter. So he was trending the right direction. Right. All of a sudden, the NBA goes and stops, right? So uh, during the stop, it's not like these guys can work out and they can start testing their bodies and they can't they can a typical guy would go work out do his individual workout ease into five on five or even start out playing two on two three on three and then ease into 45 minutes of five on five so with the whole situation at, 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 that happened none of that was allowed so you have a guy in his mind thinking i'm coming back from injury i don't know if my body's going to be able to handle it i wasn't 100 percent when i stopped and just because i feel 100 percent doesn't mean my game is 100 percent and doesn't mean i'm not more susceptible to injury i'm going to first say I'm not going to play, but I'm going to go down with the team and I'm going to continue to work and I'm going to get better. I'm going to ease into the idea of I'm going to try to remember there's $30 million on the line for a guy like Oladipo per year going forward. So if he gets hurt again, he's risking 150, $180 million. And I'm not saying it would have been zero if he does get hurt again, but he's got to think about that. So he goes down there, you see how, how his body feels and it starts to feel pretty good. He starts working out and all of a sudden he's like, wait a minute, I don't feel as bad. I'm starting to play some three on three with the guys. I got thrown into some practices five on five. Hey, wait a minute. Why don't I go out there and, and maybe I can't play these games. Maybe if I talk to Nate McMillan and the whole staff and I say, why don't you play me 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 17 minutes, and we'll build up. And by these eight games, I'll be ready for the playoffs. So that's a totally different mindset than saying, okay. I'm 100% ready to go. In the Eastern Conference, um, just at the bottom of the standings, I think Orlando will probably move up to seven in Brooklyn, the Wizards. I don't think there's going to be a play in there. But in the Western Conference, is the dream scenario for the for the NBA to have Memphis and, 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 and uh, New Orleans 
Collins and some sort of play-in where you have the two rookie of the year candidates kind of going after each other. We've talked to a couple NBA analysts and they seem to think like that would be the, the scenario the NBA would love to see the two rookies going after each other fighting for that eight seed. Do you think that? Yeah, I mean, I, I somewhat agree with that. Not 100%. I do think that they would love to see Portland get into that mid Dean Lillard. Remember, uh, Nurkic is back and, and, and Zach Collins is back. Like They've been decimated. And you guys, you guys know all about Hassan Whiteside and he just hasn't been a great fit for them. When Hassan Whiteside is motivated, he's great. But in Portland, he just seems a little bit lost out there with their crazy offense that they run, which is really centered around the two guards. So Zach Collins and, and Nurkic are good players. So you add those guys to the mix. Those guys are healthy. Those guys are going to be playing. Portland, I could see them. And, and Damian Lillard is one of the most exciting players and universally well-liked. Not, not only just because he stayed with his team and, and all that stuff. And people in general in the NBA like that. So I think the NBA would be happy with any of those three teams sort of battling it out towards the end and seeing who ends up making the playoffs and who ends up playing the Lakers in that first round. Kimba Walker, uh, knee on and off. Is he going to be okay for these things? That, that Boy, if he can't play, ouch for Boston. How is He's he? definitely going to play, but they're, they are managing his minutes. So, you know, here's the scenario. He feels 100% fine right now, but he had a he had a big, big issue last year. And it's great that Jason Tatum had a chance to excel the way that he did. And, and he, I mean, he's probably a top 10 player in the NBA right now. And Kimba can now be that, that second best player. And I think that's exactly where Boston always foreseed him. At the very beginning, he was the best player on the team. But eventually, you know, for the Celtics to take that next step, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, those guys got to continue to improve. But for Kimba, I think what they're doing is they're waiting to see when the playoffs start, how many minutes they can play him. So I look at eight games, and he'll be on serious minute restriction, if not having a few uh, load management days. But as the playoffs start, I, I totally see him second round and conference finals ramping up his minutes and, and getting back into the Kemba Walker that was All-NBA or third-team All-NBA uh, last season. How's that chemistry on that team? You're around those guys. You bring in Kemba. You know, the Kyrie Irving thing didn't work out, but but the, the Kemba with those other two guys, how, how is it? From the start, Kemba's been incredibly empowering Tatum. It's like, there's one thing when a guy in, in the post-game press conferences say, oh man, this guy was really good today, but don't forget about me. That's, the, that's what we had two seasons ago. This season, you could see Kemba. Not only is Kemba talking the talk afterwards, beforehand, and I hear he talks the talk at practice too, empowers these guys to do their thing. Well, I remember third game into the season, Jalen Brown took an awful shot. He just came down. There were, the Celtics were on a run, and he pulled up from Mike 19 feet. Every like Brad was upset. You could see the whole bench, and you guys, you guys see the NBA and that look. Like, what are you doing? Why are you taking that shot? <laughs> Kemba went right up to him. He clapped. He said, "Don't worry about it. Just go on to the next play." Like, I, you know what? Next time, just turn the corner and get to the basket. We always love when you drive to the basket. And that was four games in. And remember, Jalen Brown was public enemy number one for Kyrie last year. And Jalen Brown's young player trying to. You know, become a star because all these young players, they all want to be good. But every time he would do something, it would be the young guys, the young guys, this guys, that. But Kemba has been empowering to, to Jalen Brown, and I can't even begin to describe how empowering he is to Jason Tatum. When he was hurt, and Tatum was doing his thing and averaging, you know, close to 30-something points a game. Kemba was the first guy giving him, you know, high fives on the bench. And when we came back, they talked about Jason Tatum and how he got so much better. And Kemba's like, that's why I came here. I came here. I was in Charlotte when I was the guy scoring 60 and losing games. I came here so these other guys can do that. And I can any at any moment, I could be 
you know, the best player on the floor. But I, I want these guys all to get better because if they get better, you have a better chance of winning a championship. And that has been the message as opposed to the message being I could do whatever I want, right. the message being, you know, like I, it's, it's all about me. You know, so it, it's completely different. And I think you had to go through that last year to get to where these guys are at this year. I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and all these guys – love the fact that Kemba's on their team. And by the way, he's not a half-bat player either. He's not just a guy that's a rah-rah guy. I mean, Kemba Walker had 40-something on the Milwaukee Bucks and, you know, 36 on the Toronto Raptors. So he, he can he can fill it up, too. If you pulled the Celtic players that were on the team with Kyrie, and we saw how the end of the Cleveland run with Kyrie went, do you think the players around the league that played with him would, would label him as a bad teammate? Ooh, I, you know what's funny? It's I mean, I don't want to put you in a pickle that. here because I know no, you know no, some no, of the you players. Put, but you put him in a pickle right there. It's hard to say because if this was 10 years ago, you would know. You would know because you would have that, that, that feeling of, like, these guys don't get along. It's easy to see. Right. But then, right. You, but then you watch, and it's, it's so passive-aggressive nowadays. It's ty- like Kyrie leaves LeBron, and it's all this controversy. LeBron, I'm, I don't want to be there. I want to do my own thing, whatever. And then they get back, and then they're hugging it out with their, their crazy handshakes and all that stuff, and they're meeting up, and they're text messaging, text messaging each other. And then the, the Celtics this year, after it was all over, they go and they play Brooklyn, and, and then they're, they're hugging it out. You know, it's like, you know, the sun hug where you tap the guy in the back of the head. It's, like, I, I, it's all confusing to me. So I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't get it. I, I, I like, it was so easy back in the day to understand, like, it's easy, man. This guy and this guy, they don't get along. You can just tell. Nowadays, it's really hard to tell. I, I, I really believe that people don't like each other, but they act like they do. I, like I said, it's a very passive-aggressive sort of NBA we have right now. Before we let you go, that, those guys should all work in talk radio because we're the biggest bunch of frauds of all time. <laughs> we shouldn't rip a guy that we have him on and tell him right, he's one right. of our favorite players. And what a great year. <laughs> so nice to have you on our show. And, and we rip you know, the guy for the last two weeks. That's not passive-aggressive. Like, we're saying, I don't like the way this guy plays. But if he wants to come on my show, I'll, I'll, listen, you can you can criticize every NBA player. And you can also praise, because every NBA player is good at something. So, yeah, you can. there's no question about it. That's not being passive-aggressive. Ryan, it's always great having you, my man. Always. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Always great having Brian Scalabrini on because he brings it real, like he did in the NBA. Kind of looks goofy, but definitely gets the job done. Speaking of looking goofy, that is not something you'll say about George Sedona. He always looks smooth, but does he always sound smooth is the question. I would, I, God, I don't know if I would do it. I would probably just, ah, man, I don't know. I don't know. It's a terrible, I don't know. I have a terrible answer for this. Wow, I don't know. you couldn't have been that? any worse on this subject, Sonata. You're shook because everyone attacked you because you're the only one who said that Rudy Gobert was sick and you botched the dismount totally. Dan Lebetard shakes up Sedano next on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and happy birthday to Stuart Copeland. Young teacher, the subject of school girl fantasy. Ooh, you can hear his drums loud and proud in that. Just listen. Of course, Stuart Copeland, the drummer for The Police, he went on to an illustrious career making music for movies and some of his own solo stuff. Really a great orchestrator, great drummer, great musician. Love The Police because you got The Rock, 
you got the reggae fusion, and like most bands in the 80s, they were a band of brothers, meaning they loved each other as much as they hated each other, and they were open about loving and hating each other, not standing too close to each other. Stuart Copeland, drummer of the police, 68 years old today. Happy, happy birthday. Dan Levitard Show. They brought it strong today with Miami's own George Sedano, who's getting ready for the NBA. What were they talking about? Well, some Latin family issues to start off. Then, should Rudy Gobert be suspended in the NBA bubble basketball and then finally, Sedano goes, Jorge Sedano, I don't know his middle name. When you were in trouble with your Latin family, did you also get called by your first and middle name when somebody was angry at you? It was uh, Jorge Carlos. Ah, uh, nice. Were, th- <laughs> were there any chancletas in your life from a sister? Was, was any a grandmother? Was anyone throwing a flip-flop at you when you were in trouble? No, Abuela was definitely throwing the chancleta. She was good with multiple uh, chancletas, too. It felt like it felt like it was a video game. She was just firing chancletas that were just randomly coming off her feet <laughs> in droves. I wonder if Americans know that. I wonder if Americans know that the Latin mom and grandma, one of the signature punishments is to simply hurl a flip-flop. Evidently, uh, uh, Sonano's grandma, like a throwing star, like two throwing stars, like a bit of a ninja <laughs> when I was. Yeah, it was like in a video game where there's constant weapons that the ninja can throw. She was multiple <laughs> chancletas. It didn't matter. There were only two feet. There were just multiple <laughs> chancletas firing at me constantly. All right. So the shipping container uh, has been laughing at you here, and I joined in the laughter because of your contention. Chris, you want to take it up with him first because the shipping container is agitated and they want to crack at you right now. Chris, you take it up first. Jorge Sedano famously said that Rudy Gobert should have been suspended for getting the coronavirus and I'm just saying, I'm seeing reports that Anthony Davis has a cold should we maybe fine him? I'm thinking that's at least a fine. What do you think, Sedano? First of all, you guys have clearly run out of material if we're rehashing this four months later, but second of all, uh, what I said on your show, I believe, was that it wasn't about him being suspended because he contracted the coronavirus. It's because he so flippantly was touching other people's stuff, particularly reporters who were all freaking out because we had no idea what this thing was all about. That was my issue with him, was just him being reckless in that situation. So no, Chris, Anthony Davis shouldn't be suspended for a cold or, or, or whatnot, but you should do better than than asking college football to play flag football, okay? Because last time I checked, you still have to huddle during flag football. Yeah, that's true. Well, Good point by Sedano there. Billy, what do you have for Sedano? You've been making <laughs> well, fun no, of Well, no, so we're, we're, uh, NBA is about to come back, so I'm wondering if we still are on that bandwagon of should he be suspended for being reckless or not, or is it all, all's forgiven? Well, what I said was if I were the commissioner, I would have I would have suspended him. I'm not the commissioner, clearly, Billy, so Adam Silver has chosen not to do that. So he can play on at this point and by the way i saw your walter mercado uh documentary yesterday the last 10 minutes i could have just fallen asleep it was great up until that point they should have oh ended my it god ramos's interview whoa this is the <laughs> most outrageous thing you've said since you thought someone should get suspended for getting sick what do you mean that the last 10 minutes were the worst 10 minutes that was like the heartfelt moment of the thing you're like crying you're happy for walter are you talking wait hold on what last 10 minutes spoiler alert by the way if you haven't seen it yet you should what t- what last 
last 10 minutes you have an issue with? Basically, that I, once the museum stuff happened, it should have just ended right there. There wasn't, uh, I, I just felt like it went too long. Like, I didn't need that extra last 10 minutes. Like, the museum part is nice. Uh, it's very touching. Um, but basically, right after the Jorge Ramos interview uh, from Univision, it should have just been the museum, boom, ending. Fiend, end credits. Ah, that museum scene was. Uh, tell me you didn't. If you didn't cry, you almost cried during that museum thing. Let me ask you thoughts it was on very this. Good, so. though. You did recommend it, but by the way, you're sitting here all, all you know, uh, apoplectic about my reaction to it. But I recall you telling me via text yesterday. Um, no, no, I didn't. I didn't text you asked, yesterday. We don't need to go there. You asked me, and you said, "I said I'm going to watch it tonight." You said there are some slower parts, but overall good. So don't become, don't be a fraud now, saying that the whole thing is. Wow, good. he exposed oh. the private stuff. He's lashing wow. out. He's lashing Jeez, out I thought because we were one team. Here. No, he he uh, suspended Gobert for getting sick, and he's doubled <laughs> down on it. And what I want to know, Sedano, is how lonely did you feel as no one has supported you? Much like Chris Cody's flag football take, there is not a single person who has supported you on this Rudy Gobert should have been suspended for being sick. You said it, man. I didn't <laughs> say he should be suspended for being you sick. Did. I you did. You did. You did. For being a dope. <laughs> I didn't say that. Stugat, don't you start with me. I know where the bodies are buried. <laughs> yeah, but you've told all the stories already. I'm good. I mean, uh, no, Zon- I've got plenty. As a matter of fact, I think I'm sitting in for you at the end of the month, and I've got some more stories just for me and Dan. Uh, <laughs> do you have something for us now that you could give the audience just a little taste uh, when you sit in for uh, Stugat's later this month? Just a Stugat story that people uh, don't know that they might want to know because you know where all the secrets are. Stugatz is, for those of you who don't, don't know, Stugatz, there's no one Stugatz is afraid of, except for some reason Sedano, because Sedano knows things to be so that the rest of us don't. I'm going to save it for uh, July 29th and 30th when I come on the show, Dan. Forward to that. <laughs> Zion has left the bub- bubble to attend to a family matter. What are the things that you find interesting? Do you Are you of the belief that we're more likely to have a lopsided champion this year because of all the weird things that can happen as we head into this? No, not really. I I still think as as long as there's relative safety there, the numbers that came out the other day that only two out of the 302 players that were there tested positive, nobody should be, you shouldn't get any positives, right? Like we shouldn't be celebrating that. But at least I took a a breath and said, okay, I think this thing may work as long as they can kind of keep those numbers down. And obviously none of the star players uh, get affected, but it looks like so far so good. But yeah, I just think ultimately this is going to come down to the Clippers and Lakers in the West. I will say this in the East, Dan, the more and more I talk to people that aren't Milwaukee, the rest of those teams feel like Milwaukee can be had. Like, I'm not saying that Milwaukee shouldn't be the favorite. They are the best team in the East. But Giannis has holes in his game. And I think that teams in the East feel confident that because he has holes in his game offensively still, that he can still be had. And that that East spot to the finals is potentially up for grabs. Sedano, I just saw a, a video released on Twitter of Jason Tatum sneezing without covering his mouth. So I think, what? what is that? That's the first two games of the season, you think? Maybe they should just give him some clam juice and, uh, or, put some, or put his foot in garlic, and maybe that'll work itself out. Wow, he's coming after you for no reason, Chris. <laughs> uh, you haven't misrepresented a thing he said. Yes, Billy, what do you have? Sedona, last thing on Mucha Mucha more. We can both agree that Lin-Manuel Miranda was putting it on a little bit, right? Like, he knew the cameras was there, and he was, like, extra emotional when he met Walt. Walter. 
He he was a little extra, even from the beginning. Listen, I love Hamilton, okay? But come on, like you you seemed very very excited. Like, I, and and by the way, do do you recall your family, your entire family, sitting around watching Walter Mercado? I don't necessarily find I don't remember the huddling of people watching Walter Mercado. At least not in my family. He was always kind of on in the background. He was always on right. somewhere, but it wasn't like yeah. a thing where it's like everybody gather around. Walter's on. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't that. It wasn't the Ed Sullivan show like that. That you know, it, it didn't feel like that no absolutely not Sedano it's your boy Tony listen really quick uh the NBA snitch line a lot of people are using it I should have used it on you when you wore the turtleneck on TV what's your thought about the snitch line who the hell is Tony yeah who are you again what are your thoughts there Sedano I have no idea what he's talking about did you invent turtlenecks okay yeah all right no the snitch the the snitch snitch line line is what Uh, he's asking which go your boy go bears already complaining about the snitch line he says it's petty Uh, um listen is it petty? I don't know, man. At the end of the day, you need to keep people safe. And, you know, if Doc Rivers is joking, saying that he's already called about LeBron and everybody, but I, I would, I, God, I don't know if I would do it. I would probably just, ah, man, I don't know. I don't know. It's a terrible, I don't know. I have a terrible answer for this. Wow. I don't know. You couldn't have been that? any worse on this subject, Sonata. You're shook because everyone attacked you because you're the only one who said that Rudy Gobert was sick and you botched the dismount totally. Like, that was well, listen, the worst answer get. I've ever heard from an NBA analyst on an NBA question. Tony <laughs> stymied you. Well, you know what? You guys are also interrupting my Max and Stephen A time. Can I get back to that? All right. Go back uh, and watch your All first right. take. Sedano usually impeccable except for this time, and you know Dan Lebitard called him out. You can always catch Dan Lebitard middays, beginning at 10 o'clock right here on 560 The Joe. Somebody that was on point today, Mark Hawkman. It hit me like a punch in the gut. Did you have that same reaction, Solana? Solana is the only other Jewish person on the show. I'm Jewish. Solana is an Uruguayan Jew. Uh, and I know Dwayne Wade is a hero of yours. And, and uh, for me, my son's got the Dwayne Wade fat head on his wall. He bought a Dwayne Wade heat jersey. He bought a Dwayne Wade Bulls jersey. Like, Dwayne Wade is... To my son, you know, I guess what Michael Jordan was to me growing up in Chicago. So hear what Hawk has to say about the whole D-Wade tweet situation in about five minutes from now here on the Best of the Joe Show. The Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day. Happy birthday to live lead singer Ed Kowalczyk, 49 years old. All right now, let's get into Hawk and Dono. Taking a look at the D-Wade tweet. Alex Dono in for Channing Crowder. Crowder begins next Tuesday, by the way. Not Monday, Tuesday, Dono. Ooh, okay. Uh, I know, uh, there you go, a little bonus day of working with me. Oh, yes. Can't tell if that was if that was uh, sarcastic or not. So long. No, you, you, you know what it was? was like, uh, ooh. No, here's what happened there. I was, like, killing time to process in my brain because I wanted to make sure I didn't, like, already schedule something that day. And mm. I should be good. Like, I've got the Inter-Miami game in the morning on Monday. Ah, but I, I, gotcha. I, I should be back home in plenty of time for the show. So I was kind of right. running that through my head. That's why I sounded no awkward. No worries. I've got, it can, I've got it covered either way. <laughs> I've got it covered either way. Somebody wants to know via the text, how was Hawkman's secret trip to the Epcot reopening? <laughs> the last couple days in, I was gone. 
on. Busted. Ooh, you can't get me near that place when there's not a pandemic. You know I ain't going now. God, I want All right, so, so bad. Uh, Alex Dono filling in for Channing Crowder. Crowder will be back Tuesday, and then we'll get back into uh, regularity, if you will. If you can get regularity during a very irregular time. Crowder, the last few days of uh, paternity leave. So today is a loaded potato, but I'm going to start the show. I was off yesterday. I was off Tuesday. Uh, want to start the show. I'm going to weigh into the, the Dwayne Wade stuff here at the beginning of the show because his tweet yesterday, it hit me like a punch in the gut. Did you have that same reaction, Solana? Solana is the only other Jewish person on the show. I'm Jewish. Solana is an Uruguayan Jew. Uh, and I know Dwayne Wade is a hero of yours. And, and uh, for me, my son's got the Dwayne Wade fat head on his wall. He bought a Dwayne Wade heat jersey. He bought a Dwayne Wade Bulls jersey. Like Dwayne Wade is to my son, you know, I guess what Michael Jordan was to me growing up in Chicago. So when you saw the original Dwayne Wade tweet yesterday, Solana, it hit you in the gut. Yeah, Dwayne Wade's my hero. I, yeah. I, so yeah, that was that was really tough yesterday. For people that don't know the entire story, this is from Yahoo. The headline is Dwayne Wade tweets deletes support for Nick Cannon after the actor was fired for anti-Semitic remarks. As a day after Nick Cannon lost a jo- his job for peddling anti-Semitism, Dwayne Wade tweeted his support for the entertainer. He later wrote that he wasn't supporting Cannon's comments. Viacom, TBS, cut ties with Nick Cannon on Tuesday, citing hateful speech and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, which is what he espoused on his podcast. Yesterday, Wade tweeted at Nick Cannon, we are with you, keep leading. And obviously that tweet, I was like, me and I got texts from uh, Jewish friends, even non-Jewish friends, after it came out that said, what what just happened here? Uh, and then D. Wade uh, said, uh, re- deleted the tweet, ret- and then tweeted out, I want to clarify my now deleted tweet. I was not supporting or condoning what Nick Cannon specifically said but I had expressed my support of him owning the content and brand he helped to create. And then he went on to tweet later, I was too quick to respond without being fully informed about his hurtful anti-Semitic remarks. As you all know, I have zero tolerance for any hate speech. It hit me like a punch in the gut because I I love D. Wade so much and I know how uh, vociferous he is about prejudice and bigotry of any kind. And it really struck me as because we've been through the Deshaun Jackson stuff, Ice Cube has... uh, been tweeting out, you know, anti-Semitic tropes. And I've said this before on the show, as a Jew myself, I can discount Deshaun Jackson. I can just say it's 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 very different to me than Black Lives Matter and that movement that we, many of us, have embraced so much because you can't just discount the police. And so black people have been facing a different police force than white people have been facing for, I mean, you know, centuries. And and so you can't just discount it. When Deshaun Jackson says something stupid, when Ice Cube says something stupid, I can discount it. I go, it doesn't affect me. I'll stop being a fan of Ice Cubes, Pink Floyd. Uh, you know, Roger Waters has anti-Semitic leanings, I believe. I don't listen to Pink Floyd music. I don't have to root for Deshaun Jackson. I can write it off. When it came to D. Wade, it bothered me because he's such a prominent figure in South Florida and I'm such a fan of his. But I will say, I chalk it up yesterday as an inadvertent misstep by Dwayne Wade, just like Drew Brees had several weeks ago. You're not always going to say the right thing. You're not always going to tweet the right thing. You're not always going to do enough research about something before you speak on it. And I don't believe in cancel culture. And so I'm very forgiving when it comes to that stuff. And so when someone says something that's wrong, 
like Drew Brees or Dwayne Wade or Nick Cannon or Deshaun Jackson or Steven Jackson, and they apologize, my default is to accept the apology. I think that's where we do learn. If someone holds true to what they said that's offensive, I will write them off. I will no longer be a fan. I can try to dismiss what they're saying or diminish it with my forum, my Twitter account. But I really do believe if someone realizes they've made a misstep, I'm not the kind of guy most people default to, oh, it's a hollow apology. I don't. I don't default to that. And I will say, on last night uh, on Nick Cannon's Facebook page, because what Nick Cannon said on his podcast was really disturbing for Jews. And again, I don't think he was, I don't think it was just well thought out. This is what he wrote on his Facebook yesterday. First and foremost, I extend my deepest and most sincere apologies to my Jewish sisters and brothers for the hurtful and divisive words that came out of my mouth during an interview with Richard Griffin. They reinforce the worst stereotypes of a proud and magnificent people, and I feel ashamed of the uniformed and naive place that these words came from. The video of this interview has since been removed. While the Jewish experience encompasses more than 5,000 years, there is so such so much that I have yet to learn. I have had at least a minor history lesson over the past few days, and to say that it's eye-opening would be a vast understatement. He also wrote, I want to express my gratitude to the rabbis, community leaders, and institutions who reached out to me to help enlighten me instead of chastising me. I want to assure my Jewish friends, new and old, that this is only the beginning of my education. I am committed to deeper connections, more profound learning, and straightening, strengthening the bond between our two cultures today and every day going forward. I'm fine with that. Like, that's me, though. That's me. I understand. Some people aren't as forgiving. Some people embrace cancel culture. You said something wrong in 1989? I just found it. You should be fired. I don't subscribe to that. I don't. It's just me. I don't subscribe to it. Dwayne Wade yesterday punched me in the gut and then apologized and made me feel fine with it. And I'll, I'll read one more thing to you. Uh, Dookie Lang is a sports producer for WPLG Local 10. He tweeted yesterday, and I thought it was such a perfect day. It was at the end of the night last night. Got over a thousand likes. He, re he tweeted, Ellie Wiesel was a Nobel Peace Prize winner and a Holocaust survivor. I think he deserves the last word on this day filled with anti-Semitism. And the word is, no human race is superior. No religious faith is inferior. All collective judgments are wrong. Only racists make them. And so I believe in that. I believe in apologizing. And I believe in not everyone is going to say the right thing every single time. We know Dwayne Wade down here. We know what's in his heart. We know what kind of guy he is. He tweeted something and it was offensive and hurtful. He deleted it, he apologized for it, and reaffirmed to me that he stands against all forms of bigotry and prejudice. And for me, that was fine. How about you, uh, Solana? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I know Dwayne, how you're saying, right? Like, we know how he's championed so many different efforts, right? And and look no further than right now with his daughter, Zaya. Like, that, that's, that's a big thing for an NBA player to be doing, um, talking about trans rights. And, and, and we know Dwayne Wade to be a, a very open-minded progressive person to speak on important issues that's why yesterday was so tough but you're right I'm not interested in canceling Dwayne Wade I'm not interested in canceling Nick Cannon I want these uh, these opportunities to be used to educate not only Dwayne Wade and Nick Cannon but you know a lot of people who are are I, I don't know if it's uh, whether they're uneducated to to the truth or, or maybe they're just not informed well, they're just not or, as aware
aware they're not right. as aware of what anti-Semitism is than than we are. But they didn't grow up. And I, I'm not using I'm not using um, not being aware. Like, don't use Hitler. Like, I, I use that, uh, you know, with the Deshaun Jackson stuff. Like, if you're ever going to quote Hitler, just don't. Whatever you think you want, whatever point you think you want to get across, just don't, you know, like that. I've told you, I have some steadfast rules. If you're a white person, don't ever use the N-word. Period. End of story. It just, just don't, you don't ever have to use it. Not even if you're singing along to a song, just be silent during that word. You don't ever have to use it. So, you know, don't use Hitler. But Deshaun Jackson, so he doesn't know the Jewish experience and, and nor should he. And so, if this moment where he said something, found out how offensive it was, and now is going to tour Auschwitz and the Holocaust Museum, what a great learning experience for everyone. So I'm not, you know, again, I'm not of the ilk of people can't learn from a mistake. And uh, and I try, I hope, maybe I'm naive, but I hope most people's missteps like that come from naivete and not from genuine hate. Now, there are people out there that hate, and that's fine. If you hate me because I'm a Jew, my guess is you probably don't listen and that's fine like if you hate me because I'm a Jew I don't need to spend any of my time explaining to you why I'm not bad why I'm not evil like if you hate me because I'm a Jew you hate me because I'm a Jew if you hate someone because they're black because you're racist you hate someone because they're black and you're racist that's something you're gonna have to deal with but with guys like Dwayne Wade and Nick Cannon you know who I think are just misinformed at times or in Dwayne Wade's case just said the wrong thing. I mean, he was just trying to back up his friend, but he didn't do enough due diligence. And uh, and you've got to be careful. If you're going to stand as a leader against bigotry and prejudice, you got to be very careful when you, when you back someone up until you know the real story. Well put. I'm Dan Day, and this is The Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.